Here we go, history in the making. Green, green, green. Now that Kyle Busch has closed down the two-mile portion of California Speedway, two questions remain. When will they run there again, and how will we see it when they do? Hi, this is Brett McMillan. You're listening to the Raleigh Auto Parts Pit Reporters. We meet this week Adam Stern from the Sports Business Journal and Jeff Hammond from Sirius XM NASCAR Radio and PRN. It's the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters on the Performance Racing Network. Presented by O'Reilly Auto Parts, your professional parts people. Now, here's your host, Brett McMillan. And welcome to the show. Glad to have Adam and Jeff here. And I don't think, Jeff, any real big surprise that Kyle Busch got a win early in the season. We knew he was going to be motivated this year. We knew that he was enjoying his change of scenery. Um, I'm, I'm telling you right now, since that team unloaded at LA Coliseum, they've shown that they've been on, they're on the prod. They're, they're on the hunt. However you want to sum it up, but they were out to get a win and get it early and put everybody in their place. And, and I think, you know, uh, it was done in dominant fashion in my opinion, because every time they made a mistake, they roared back up toward the front on a racetrack where people, some of them were complaining about passing and, and Kyle was not going to be denied. And right there at the end, I think that he showed he could run some laps just like qualifying laps in that number eight car and do well. I think, Adam, this is a, a, a situation when you look at Kyle Busch that going into this season, people said he's either going to be totally motivated and come out and have a dominant season, or he's going to prove that last year was not a fluke and that he's at the tail end of his career. And I, I think more of us leaned on the other side first. Yeah, I think you saw Chase Elliott say it. I mean, what what were people expecting? I mean, the guy has the most wins of in NASCAR history pretty much right there alongside Richard Petty. So, uh, And, of course, we've seen RCR do better with this Gen 7 car. Really struggled with the prior generation car. And yet, you know, right from the get-go last year when they debuted the next-gen car, of course, they had, you know, Tyler Reddick last year. He's a very strong driver, um, and, and kind of he helped pick – the, the game up of the entire organization, Austin Dillon kind of responded in, in turn. Um, but then you add a guy like Kyle Busch instead, um, you know, and so their cars have just, you know, it looks like the Chevy cars are going to continue to be strong this year. We saw that with Trackhouse. So, uh, yeah, like you said, probably not a huge surprise, but it has probably gone off to a little bit of a quicker start than maybe people would have thought. I mean, if Kyle Busch won, you know, his first race at RCR two months from now, it would have probably still been okay. So to get off this quickly to, you know, this quick of a start, it is impressive for sure. Jeff, what does it say when you talk about a new driver crew chief combination? Cause we often, we often talk about that. It takes some time for these guys to get on the same page. Mm-hmm. He and Randall Burnett seem to be on the same page right out of the box. What does that say? Or how much work goes into getting them on the same page? Well, I think it says it kind of like points to the fact that they were both committed. They both had a point to prove uh, Randall wants to show that, yeah, I helped, you know, Tyler Reddick, you know, get those wins last year and I haven't forgot anything. And it, it wasn't all about Tyler. It was about the team. And I think that's something that they were able to put to bed really quick. And I think that the, the, uh, the type of competitor and the professional professionalist that, you know, Kyle Bush is Kyle came in there knowing, look, we got to get on the same page. I mean, it's, it's an, an urgency in my, in my world to be as good as we can be when we get, to the LA Coliseum. And I think everybody saw that, you know, their stuff was real close. They did a lot of sim work. They communicated a lot. And I think that really, you know, bodes well that 
you know, Richard Childers made the right decision, number one, to bring Kyle Bush in and to keep the organization like it was, not to come in there and try to bring somebody else in that, you know, didn't understand the parameters and how we want to do business up here like Randall did. So, I mean, it, it to me, it shows that everybody up there is on the same page. They're committed. And when, when you see something like this, at least in my world, you better watch out because this right here could be a long season for a lot of you because you're going to be seeing a lot of that eight car up to the front. Well, and Adam, I know you keep a close tabs on, you know, the sponsorship world and, and things going on like that. RC seems to be filling up the whole schedule for Kyle Busch with a lot of sponsorships. I know this is the first time Lucas Oil has been on board with him and he takes him right to victory lane. The sponsors have to be loving this opportunity with Kyle Busch. Yeah, you know, they've done a pretty good job filling up that car. Um, you know, they haven't necessarily brought in maybe that one new, you know, bombshell new sponsor yet. Uh, they kind of worked on some things over the offseason, didn't exactly come in. But what they have been able to do is pretty much upsell and keep a lot of their prior partners who were already with the team, already with the eight car. Um, so, you know, you saw three Chiefs stick around, uh, you know, Cheddar's Kitchen. Of course, they um, have stuck around and their social media following is something I've been keeping an eye on. Uh, their social media following has gone up significantly since Kyle Busch came to RCR. Uh, if you go look at kind of like the charts ch tracking their social media following, it's a big old bump. Uh, and, you know, they even saw it again on Sunday night after he won. They did their giveaway yesterday with, um, you know, free chicken, chicken tender meal in their in their stores. Uh, if you went in and you bought another entree. So they've taken advantage right away. You know, I mean, this is the second points race of the season. They're already doing like a big giveaway like that off of one of his wins. So some of his sponsors are taking advantage right away and uh, they do pretty much have that car sold out. I think, you know, the one good or the one thing they'd still like to check off the box would be getting again, like a really big blue chip company to come back into sport and help sponsor him. Um, but I mean, they've still got some good brands already with them. I mean, like Darden Restaurants is a huge, huge sponsor. Lucas Oil, of course, in its own right, like you said, very big company in in their sector. Uh, so they've got some good brands with them and they, they brought on one new company um, Netspend from uh, that's a company based in Austin, Texas uh, does some digital payments. So yeah, they've been able to add a couple new partners here and there upsell some of the current, you know, prior partners and they pretty much got sold out. So, uh, you know, they're paying him a good bit more than they were paying their prior driver, Tyler Reddick. So they definitely had to get this thing sold out and uh, they pretty much done that. I think Jeff, it's always, Great. I, I love, you know, to the point that Adam was making with, you know, like with the cheddar restaurants, I love when a sponsor is able to activate their sponsorship and take advantage of situations like that. I remember like, you know, like, uh, Outback used to do with the blooming onions. Right. If Kevin Harvick finished mm -hmm. in the top 10 or whatever it, it, it happened to be. No, you're right. And, and the thing is, you know, I'll go back to a uh, last year, uh, a similar situation with track house. I mean, they didn't have a lot of sponsorships sold, and all of a sudden they started becoming successful, and then, like, everybody was lined up out the door to, to get on board. And I think, you know, with the big win and the competition or competitiveness of this number eight early in the season like it is, it's going to make, you know, I think a lot more people say, you know, I want to be a part of this. And on top of that, I'm willing to pay what you – well, you know, because you're already you're in the playoffs. I mean, that's the thing is if there's anything open in, in the, the final ten races of the year – uh, I think that right there, all of a sudden, is going to become a, a, a premium, and it's going to allow them to, you know, kind of dictate what the price is a little easier, especially when you got a win on your belt. Well, and not only is it going to help RC, but it's also going to help, say, Colleague, because this weekend in Las Vegas, 
He's going to be running a college car in the Xfinity series, which I thought he'd retired from, Adam. <laughs> yeah, I really don't know what happened there. I guess uh, he kind of got a little bored. So, uh, yeah, like you said, they're, they're just going from, from strength to strength right now to start the year. Uh, you know, so we'll see how he does in Xfinity. Um, probably will stink up the show as usual, and everyone will kind of go back to their usual takes on that, you know, whether that's, uh, you know, you love it or you hate it. So I, I really don't know how we ended up back with him in the, back in the Xfinity series, but I guess uh, him him changing teams kind of gave him that, that all, you know, on-ramp back into it or something so that was that was interesting to see and it doesn't hurt that he's going to be running the truck race also but he happens to own that truck you know so i think it's going to be a situation where he's looking to maybe put a brand on the sweep once again like he did at bristol a few years ago uh winning you know the trucks and xfinity as well as a cup race in his own hometown yep he could do it all right uh, quickly just just prediction how many races do you think he's going to win this year jeff you know, I, I think, you know, realistically, I, I'm looking for him to probably go four. four. Four? Adam, what do you think? How many races do you think Kyle will win in the Cup this year? Oh, man. At this point, you'd have to say uh, at least three, right? I mean, if not if not double that. So, if, if it's not if it's not at least three, then something goes wrong, and it could easily be, you know, closer to half a dozen, I think, if, it, if everything goes wrong. Yeah, well, that's our Alley Pet Reporter's question this week. How many races will Kyle Busch win this year? And your choices are one or two, three or four, five or six, or seven or more. Last week, we asked you, will Stenhouse win multiple races this year after he won at Daytona? And we have a considerably, well, it's actually a little closer than I thought it was. 55% said no. 45% said yes. Interesting. All right. When we come back, we know that we will no longer see two-mile races at California. But will we see any races at California in the future? Stay with us. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Need new wiper blades but not sure which ones are right for you? The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts can help. We'll show you options for your vehicle and even install your new wiper blades for free. Right now, save $10 per pair on Bosch Focus Wiper Blades so you can see better in any weather. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly Auto Parts. We work hard to keep our cars looking great on the outside, but engine components need our attention too. That's where you can trust Z-Max Microlubricant to disperse carbon buildup in your engine fuel system to keep your car or truck running at its peak. By soaking into the metal of your engine, Z-Max Microlubricant improves performance, extends engine life, and reduces emissions. Trust the many customers who've said, thanks for saving my engine. Find out more at ZMAX.com or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Want to hear one of our past shows? Visit GoPRN.com. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network. Hi, this is Brad Keselowski. Thanks for listening to Kathy Martindale and Paul Shad on Z-Max Racing Country. Let's go to Nashville. It's Kathy and Gary Allen. What are your de-stressors? Chiropractor's huge for me. To me, that's like a massage. <laughs> what do they work on on you? My neck, my back. Because I fly a lot, I feel like yeah. up in between my shoulders is always really tight and from playing guitar. Z-Max Racing Country. Coca-Cola 600 represents everything that's great about America. It's 600 miles of wheel-to-wheel -wheel NASCAR action and heart-pounding excitement from sunup to sundown. 
It's a salute to the troops on Memorial Day weekend. It's a fun family outing for fans of all ages. Visit CharlotteMotorSpeedway.com to get your tickets today. Kids get in for just $10. The Coca-Cola 600 on Memorial Day weekend. Check us out on YouTube at GoPRN Live. Now, more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters with Brett McMillan. And welcome back along with Adam Stern of the Sports Business Journal, Jeff Hammond from Sirius XM NASCAR Radio, also from PRN. I'm Brett McMillan. Glad to have you with us. And Adam, I know that uh, you had a story over the weekend that uh, the folks who own California Speedway, in other words, NASCAR, is selling off about 80% of that property, which is incredibly valuable. For those that have never been there, it's in the middle of an office of a, basically an industrial park right off an interstate highway. So you know, the rumors that it's completely going away seem to be false, that there will be something there at some point in the future. Is that what you're hearing? Yes and no. I mean, I think it's, I can't say anything definitive at this point, but I, I think it appears like they're suggesting and they being NASCAR that, that there's still a chance that they build uh, a short track there. I mean, you know, the, the null of it is why haven't they already kind of formally confirmed it? You know, it, you know, it's a little bit of a still an outstanding question. Um, you know, from some of the things I'm hearing, it sounds like, you know, maybe it's just been part of the painstaking long process of selling this land. Hey Adam, I'm gonna jump in here. Your 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 audio connection has gotten real tinny. If you wouldn't mind dialing back in, we'll we'll bring you back on to talk about that. Uh, Jeff, I mean, it's interesting. This is obviously it's a track the drivers love, and we saw some you know on restarts, very wide racing. I understand the whole financial aspect. If you can sell for five hundred million dollars a lot of that land, do you see them moving ahead with the short track there? That's a good question. I mean, uh, and I look at it in a very practical and sometimes harsh way. I mean, it's been 27 years you've been here. Uh, you had Ontario before that. You've had Riverside. And all of those other speedways went by the same wayside. It, housing lots were more important than parking spaces for a racetrack. And so you got to figure out, you know, what can you do and what did they want? You know, I'm sorry. After working with, you know, and seeing what went on at North Wilkesboro and how bad the county of Wilkes County wanted to beat, you know, wanted NASCAR back, wanted racing back in Wilkes County at North Wilkesboro Speedway, I think that's what we need to evaluate. We keep hearing how many fans we have in California, and I'm basically SoCal. And in that area, if you got viewership and, and fan fandom, why can we not come up with something that would, you know, fit the, the, the picture? If it's a short track and that's what we can afford and they can fill it up each and every time, then I'm all for it. But I don't know what to tell you because I, I don't know if we totally understand where we stand with you know, Southern California and their support. You know, there are short tracks throughout Southern California. I mean, there's there's one not too far away from where Fontana currently exists, uh, you know, in Irwindale. It's uh, a half-mile track, you know, mm -hmm. not a lot of banking in it. Not a lot of seating there either, but there is nothing like kind of a Bristol-Richmond hybrid in the western part of the U.S. That, that is a, that's kind of a cup-ready track. Could that be a big hit out there, do you think? I don't know. 
I mean, I really don't. I mean, because again, what I'm saying is when you think about it like this, and I, I made the suggestion the other week uh, when I was talking to, uh, with John Roberts, you know, on trading paint, is that, you know, we have the capabilities with the association with iRacing and all the manufacturers of coming up with a racetrack that fits wherever you want to put it, I think. I mean, whether it's a, a legitimate half, five-eighths, three-quarters, and you don't have to build it to make it look just like Bristol or Richmond. You could build what is unique under that particular racetrack, but you want to focus on building something that means we got multiple multiple grooves, whatever that takes, progressive banking, whatever. But you need to make something that is unique unto itself and that everybody can get excited about, most importantly, the fans, and we can go race on. We, we can do that. We can simulate all that, and we can know what we're getting into before they put down the first uh, – motor grader or bulldozer out there to cut a racetrack. Well, I know Steve Phelps has been talking a lot about how important the LA market is. And obviously you still have the opportunity to have the, the clash at the Coliseum, but I don't think, I don't see any way you're going to make that a points race. So I, I, I think it's important. I mean, do you feel like it's important you would keep a points race in the Southern California market? I, I go back to what I said earlier. If it's so important, we just need to fan support to be able to do it. I mean, that's, the, that's my whole thing is that, you hate to build something, get energy put into it, and all of a sudden shut it down for whatever reason. And I don't have any idea because, again, I don't want to get into politics. I'm just looking at the racing side of it only, folks, is that what can we put out there that everybody can be looking forward to? Yes, we, we enjoyed racing at, Cal at California, but it's not there no more. So I'll be honest with you. I wish people quit talking about what was. It's not no more. We're not going back there. So quit whining about it, quit, quit using it, start thinking about the future and let's move on. Let's worry more about make an announcement. Tell us what you're going to do and let's get on to, onto it. So we can make a plan. And I'm, you're right. You can't go to LA Coliseum and run that as a points race. You need to have pit road. You need to have, you know, something that will allow teams to feel like we got an opportunity to race, not wreck race. So if the Chicago road course street course works is that a proof of concept that maybe you could try something like that in the la market maybe i mean you got the long beach grand prix going on there every year i made that suggestion also there we have some backups i think you know you mentioned irwindale yes irwindale would be a great stopgap. but can we legitimately run a cup race there and do justice to our sport and the series doing that i mean we haven't run anybody out there as far as we haven't run a truck race out there that I know of. We're an Xfinity race out there. I mean, it should be like a tune-up deal. So where can we go to give the fans what they need to make a legitimate, um, I think, effort by NASCAR to put on a good show? I mean, that's, to me, the whole thing. And if the Grand Prix at, at Long Beach, you know, and that course will work, we could try that. I mean, that's an easy fix if that's what we need in between now and when this other speedway or racetrack, if you want to call it, instead of a speedway, uh, gets done. I think that's really what the whole thing is. I keep hearing they're going to make an announcement. What, at Phoenix? They're, they're talking about making that announcement. And if they do that, then we'll at least have an idea where we're going. Right now, we're all sitting there scratching our heads, guessing. And you know what happens when you start guessing? We get things wrong. Yep, absolutely. All right, when we come back, we'll see if we can get Adam Stern back. We'll talk more about California. We'll also talk about... 
the impending new TV contract and what that may be looking like. Stay with us. Are you or someone you love struggling with an addiction to drugs or alcohol and want to be set free from the chains of addiction? Then call Addiction Helpline America right now to get the help you need. From drug and alcohol addiction to dual diagnosis treatment, we provide a confidential helpline to help people like you get sober and live happy, substance-free lives. Treatment helped me get my life back. I was so addicted, the only person I could focus on was myself and what I needed. I hit rock bottom and lost everything. Through treatment, I was able to overcome those demons and focus on my family again. I used until I overdosed and almost died. That was the end of the road for me. After seeking treatment, I now have hope. I learned skills that help me deal with life on life's terms. 800-646-4407-800-646-4407-800-646-4407. That's 800-646-4407. We've got more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters in a moment. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network. Speedway Children's Charities was really started out of um, a, a really sad time in life for our family. Um, my young brother died as, a, as an infant and you know, out of that pain came the desire for my parents to do something to, to help children. My mom and dad weren't really happy with just giving money to an organization. They really wanted to be more hands-on and see that you know, every dollar was put to the best use. We take charities that otherwise may not get the attention from other donors, and we provide funds to them. At Speedway Children's Charities, our mission is simple. Help every child we can. Because all children deserve joy. And hope. And love. And if one child is still in need, then there's still work to do. Because their future is our future. And there's still so much they can teach us. Visit SpeedwayCharities.org. Follow at PRN Live on Twitter for show news and information. Now more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters with Brett McMillan. And welcome back, along with uh, Jeff Hammond, Adam Stern, Brett McMillan. Glad to have you with us. Trying to get Adam Stern reconnected with us here at the PRN Studios. And Jeff, uh, you know, as we look at what's happened so far in just two races this year, uh, I think one of the burning questions at the start of the season was: Is Trackhouse for real? Was last year a fluke, or is this an organization that can contend for championships year in and year out? Uh, two races in, there are four drivers that have finished in the top ten both races, and two of them belong to track house i think the answer is yes they no, are here they're, they're they're legit and they're serious about what's going on and you know i'm excited for them because again uh we were, we were excited when we saw these two drivers come in and made the the impression they did the first time they won a race and you kind of like what's going to happen next man well it just they, it sustained and they wound up being a, a factor all the way into the playoffs and then lo and behold at martinsville i mean we had the 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 historical moment the Ross Chastain has provided NASCAR forever and ever uh, by making a last lap pass to be able to get himself into that race at Phoenix and run for a championship. So, yes, this organization, uh, the swagger they had in 2022, they brought into 2023. And uh, I think it's just um, it bodes well for the for the sport that we have someone 
like this, and I'm talking about Trackhouse as a whole, that's able to come in and, you know, kind of, sh- you know, shake everything and say, hey, guys, we're here and we- we're here to stay. Well, the business model is working. It is. It is. All, all of the-, the energy that they're putting into it, some of the things that, you know, that they've done as far as the management that they're, they're working on uh, or working through. But the more, more importantly, picking drivers, some people scratch their head over it. Really? You believe these kids can win a, a championship? And, and they definitely proved everybody, you know, right. By, by them. I'm talking about Trackhouse. Yes, they can do that. They're, they're contenders. And I think they're going to get better. You know, we talked about, you know, Kyle Busch, you know, meshing with his new crew chief. Here you got Alex Bowman sitting there third in points. He's one of the other drivers that has finished in the top 10 both races. He's got a new crew chief with Blake Harris. They seem to be meshing pretty well as well. I think in today's world, whenever you decide you're going to make a, a crew chief change and bring it into an organization like Hendrick Motorsports, they do their due diligence and they work you know, really hard to make sure before these guys get in position that that chemistry will be there that the communication is necessary uh, is is going to work. And I think everybody uh, has a formula. I mean, when you think about Chad Knauss and, and Jeff Gordon and everybody at Hendrick Motorsports that has a ton of experience when it comes to crew chief and driver relationships, that they're able to, to do this and be spot on as soon as they drop the green flag. And I think also it, it's, it speaks very much highly of the driver's uh, willingness and to do their homework, and before you bring somebody in and put me with them, I, I want to feel good before we even say I do. You know, it's kind of like dating before you get married. And, and the thing is, when you look at it, I mean, it's funny because early in the season, people, I think, tend to overreact. You know, Daytona is such a toss-up. Good cars are going to finish way down at Daytona. Mm-hmm. And it, it takes it's going to take a couple races to dig out of that hole. I don't start to panic two races in. And we saw, gosh, look at Christopher Bell last year. He spent a lot of the year down below 25, 28, and then all of a sudden comes barreling back and has a, ends up the second half of the season having a great year. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll look at Daytona, look at Chase Elliott. Where'd he wind up? And where'd he wind up the other day? And where is he now? I mean, he's jumped back up the point still. He's second at, you know, at the race uh, at uh, Auto Club Speedway. You know, you can't keep good drivers and good organizations down. The key thing is you know how good these guys are, and if they start getting on a roll, they can start getting those bonus points, a lot like what Ross Chastain has already done. He's put some bonus points in there, and it's you know, giving him an opportunity to lead the points. So uh, everybody knows how the game is played now, so that's what you got to expect is that consistency and guys knowing how to win stages and score bonus points that are invaluable when it comes to giving yourself a little bit of a, a cushion trying to make the playoffs have you been impressed with the two headline rookies so far ty gibbs and noah gregson don't have great finishes but they've been competitive no that's the thing is you know they they've run some smart races they haven't done anything you can sit there and say well that right there was a rookie mistake i think last year has helped both of them and it's just a matter of getting comfortable around their environment you know week in and week out and that's the one thing about cup racing you don't have a weekend off you got to you got to be ready to go, and you're gonna you're gonna be busy, and you better realize you need to stay focused. And if there is a challenge, probably for these drivers, is the fact that you race so much at the Cup level compared to any other series that we have in NASCAR, 
And, you know, you got to be ready for that. You got to figure out how to do your homework, do the sim work you need to, but at the same time, don't get wore down by the grind. All right. We also uh, been able to get uh, Doug Rice of PRN to join us. And, and Doug, we're talking about uh, other people other than Kyle Bush who've had pretty good starts to their season. We're talking about the rookies, Ty Gibbs right now, and also Noah Gregson. And you look at these guys, how much of an advantage do you think they had going into this season? Jeff talked about how you have to run all the time, run hard in the Cup Series. How much of an advantage do you think they had coming in because both of them ran a significant number of Cup races last year? Well, obviously, it was an advantage. How much? I don't know. I don't know that their full concentration was on what they were doing in these Cup races because – both of them were battling trying to win an Xfinity title. So I feel like their brain power was used up on Saturday. And then, okay, what have I got left? Let's go do Sunday. So I, I, I think that might have been a false reading. But there, there have been some teams that have struggled out of the box this year. That's for sure. Yep. Uh, we have Adam Stern back now. And I did want to talk a little bit about the TV contract, as which obviously is now, I think, as of, March 1st is open to negotiation, not only just for Fox and NBC, but now it brings other partners in. Is that correct, Adam? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, after that window expires, they'll be able to go talk to anybody they want. So, um, you know, they'll obviously be able to talk to other kind of major media networks. And then we fully expect that they're going to be doing a streaming package in some shape or form. We still have to see how it looks as part of the new deal. So they'll be talking to Amazon for sure from what we've reported, what we've heard, uh, and then potentially other streamers as well, like uh, Apple, uh, you know, et cetera. And uh, what will be interesting with the streaming package is do they do it, you know, exclusive or non-exclusive uh, events, you know, so let's say they do a deal with Amazon prime video, you know, is it going to be non-exclusive? So people who have Amazon prime video can watch it, but it'll also be on Fox or NBC or are they going to do even the more extreme step kind of and, and go exclusive to them? That would get more money from the streamers, but obviously would, would bring up some other compl complications. So, uh, yeah, once they pass through this window, uh, they'll have the chance to talk to anybody. And, and that will hopefully spark the bidding war that will you know result in a significant increase in the media rights. One thing that I've read that I think you might have reported has been talked about is, no, NASCAR says that they want to keep the same number of races on broadcast TV, but they're intrigued with that Amazon option like the NFL did this year. So does that mean potentially they could start looking at adding races on, say, Thursday nights that don't aren't already on the schedule? It, it remains to be seen. I, I'm not sure yet. I mean, we, we know that the that the weeknight races that they tried in 2020 didn't get you know great ratings. So they, you know, it's kind of they've moved more to just trying to do as many Sunday races as possible. Even Saturday night races don't get as good a ratings uh, traditionally. And, and you go a level up if you're on a Sunday to, to higher ratings. So that'll that'll remain to be seen. But it's possible we could definitely see some new types of innovation uh, as part of this deal in 2025. And so I wouldn't rule it out. Uh, and we'll just have to see. I know that uh, they talked about the fact that we could see significant change in the schedule in 2024, maybe the most significant change we've ever seen. What are you hearing about that and how that might affect the TV contract down the road? Uh, I mean, the way it affects the TV contract is just through, you know, trying to impress the TV companies that NASCAR is not, you know, sitting on their hands, that they're going into major markets, that they're racing in city centers more often, 
Um, you know, not always just racing in far flung locales, things like that. Um, as far as what I'm hearing about it, I mean, it's still a little early to see exactly what happens, but, um, you know, I think one thing we'll have to, of course, see is what happens in Southern California. What do they do, uh, with, with that? Um, you know, with the clash, clearly Fontana is out next year. So I think that'll be obviously very interesting to see, you know, they are talking to, uh, New York city. I'm hearing that's probably more for 2025, though. So if they're going to do something really interesting next year, maybe it'll be an international race. Maybe it could be something in Mexico or something in Canada. I think that's something to keep an eye on. Do they do that next year? Um, and then, you know, they're talking to some different markets as well. Um, you know, in the Pacific Northwest, for example, they're talking to Denver. They're talking to Seattle. Um, they're talking to some cities kind of in the mid-Atlantic area, I believe. So, you know, they've got a lot of people who are reaching out who have been interested about what they're doing in Chicago uh, and what they've done in Los Angeles with the Clash. But they've got to see how Chicago goes uh, before they commit to doing another street race. They're spending $50 million on that, and they are sure as heck not going to commit to another $50 million until they at least see how the first $50 million worth of investment goes. It's, it's probably the biggest investment they've ever made in a signal race. Granted, it's a little bit uh, of a apples to oranges comparison because, you know, a lot of their other investments were to permanent facilities, so you wouldn't compare it to one race. But nonetheless, they're essentially spending $50 million for a temporary short tra- uh, uh, street circuit here. Uh, it, it should get cheaper next year because some of the stuff that they'll buy this year that they'll, they'll have for next year. So maybe next year won't be $50 million, but this year is. And so um, we'll have to see how that goes before they commit to doing you know another street race in another city. But they're certainly talking to a lot of people in the meantime. And, and they're also, again, talking to people internationally. So they're, they're, they've got a lot of irons in the fire right now. They're looking at doing a developmental series, which would be a fifth one for NASCAR in the Middle East. They're starting one this year in Brazil which is their fourth one. So they've got a lot of irons in the fire. Before we let you go, Adam, one last question. I mean, I think back to when NASCAR signed this 10-year TV deal in 2015. I thought back to 2005, 10 years before that, and how much the media landscape changed between 2005 and 2015, even just, you know, how, how like print media almost became non-existent in that 10-year window and, and, and streaming came and became such a big deal. Do you see NASCAR signing another 10-year deal or will they go with something shorter because you can't anticipate how much the media landscape is going to change in the next 10 years? That's a great question. I, I believe they're going to go at least five years and that they can they might go as much as 10 and that you know it's possible they could also end up somewhere in the middle there like a seven or an eight. Um, they, they definitely want to go for at least five and I, you know, the reason they went for 10 last time is the same reason they'd go for 10 this time is just to guarantee as much money as possible from these broadcasters and lock lock it in. You know, I mean, there's nothing that you can do as a broadcaster unless you want to declare bankruptcy to get out of pain. And once you, you know, say you're going to do a 10 year deal, you got to pay all 10 years. So I, I could see NASCAR going for it as, at, you know, the same length this time. Um, but you, you're exactly right. There are reasons to go a little bit shorter. You look at what ESPN just did with F1. They signed a three-year extension, and the ESPN executive said that he he was asked about that. Why did you not go longer? And he said he felt three years felt right, you know, because in three years or, or two and a half years, whenever they reassess the deal, it'll give them time to, you know, see what's going on in this really rapidly changing media landscape. So it's a, it, it is a good point. Um, you know, I still think NASCAR is probably going to go in like the seven-ish year range, but that's why they're going to try and get a, a digital streaming component, a third 
that that's what will be new with this package, right? Previously, it's been split between two, you know, major linear partners. Now they're going to have a third package, and that's preparing for the future. That's saying, hey, you know, for the rest of the 2020s, the majority of this is going to be on linear TV. But as we get ready for the 2030s, we're going to kind of get ready with one of these streaming partners like an Amazon, and that'll get us ready for the future. So certainly something to keep an eye on. And again, do the races go exclusive, non-exclusive to start? Um, how is the viewership? The NFL really helped get NASCAR ready for this because they signed up with Amazon this year and got really strong viewership, stronger than people were expecting. You know, the the package that they put on that was previously uh, on linear TV got like 13 million viewers for the NFL. And then Amazon put it on their streaming package. They got like 11 to 12. So it wasn't a big drop off at all. Still very strong numbers. So that that is has emboldened NASCAR. And now they're going to do a streaming package as part of this. And that'll help set up the sport for the future. Adam, I know you got to scoot. Appreciate your time and your insight and uh, look forward to having you on again in the near future. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. When we come back, we'll talk to Doug Rice and Jeff Hammond about some of their thoughts on where the media package is heading. Also, get a look ahead to Las Vegas this week. Stay with us. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Don't risk getting stranded with a bad battery. Let the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts test your battery for free. If it needs to be replaced, get up to a $15 O'Reilly gift card after rebate with purchase of select Superstart batteries. For power, performance, and reliability, choose Superstart batteries at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Make your plans now to stay at the South Point Hotel Casino and Spa next March when NASCAR returns to Las Vegas. They have great race ticket and room packages for you to choose from. The South Point also features a wide variety of excellent dining options at 11 different restaurants. Or you can enjoy the 16-screen movie complex and visit the 64-lane bowling center. Visit southpointcasino.com and make your reservations today. Stay with a racer. Stay at the South Point Hotel Casino and Spa. More of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters in a moment. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network. The grassroots is where the hometown heroes of Friday and Saturday nights are and where the future stars of NASCAR are made. The stories and journeys from the grassroots are always unique. Whether it was the excitement of her championship at the track her grandparents helped build, the loneliness of his first win without his father there to hug him in victory lane, or the track their mama warned them about, PRN's At The Track covers the people of America's baddest bull rings. PRN's At The Track, relentless passion for grassroots racing. You think of all the things that really just in the last 25 years have happened, the champions that we've seen, that's what I think is really cool about it. I just believe the addition of Kyle Busch to RCR and what I saw at the tail end of last year, I think Austin Dillon could win three or four races this year. When I think of somebody that's a moral lock, I think of somebody that has great consistency. And there are only four drivers right now that have been in five championship four playoff races. That's Fast Talk right here on PRN. Download our free mobile app to listen to the show and more great PRN content on the go. Now back to the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters. And welcome back along with Jeff Hammond and Doug Rice. Brett McMillan, glad to have you with us. And and Jeff, we heard Adam Stern talk a lot about where he thinks the TV contract's going 
do you think it would be advisable for NASCAR to go into another 10-year deal or look at something shorter because of the way the landscape's changing? You know, the thing is, that's what they get paid the big bucks for is trying to figure out, you know, whether we zig or whether we zag. I mean, at one time, everybody wanted to keep it short so they could kind of like have a leverage. And if you didn't like one partner, you could, you know, kick him off the side and bring another one in. And then all of a sudden, it was like, no, we'd rather have long term because it gives us the confidence and the consistency and the ability to have a warm and fuzzy with a major television network for over a long period of time. Uh, so I don't know which way they really feel is better in, in my opinion and listening to, and having been, you know, with Fox sports in particular, who's been uh, a long, long time partner of NASCAR. Uh, it, it makes it easier, I think for the network to have an, you know, an expectation coming from, you know, the, the sanctioning body like NASCAR. And I think, I think you get a lot more accomplished if you're willing to, you know, stay together over a longer period. But as Adam said, this, you know, broadcast world as we know it is ever changing like never before. I mean, you know, cable vision was one thing, but this, you know, streaming and everything like that, I mean, it's a whole different uh, ball game. And what you can do with it is, I think, to a certain degree, scientific. I mean, it's almost like sci fi, folks. When I mean that, is that you know you don't have to have the big cameras, you don't have to have uh, all the people that you not used to have them. I mean, you can grab up a something no bigger than a cell phone and go out and and do really good work. You know, you know, in on pit road and different things like that. And it's just going to get better and better as we move along. So um, I don't know. I think I think he's pretty smart. And when he says five to maybe seven years may wind up being the sweet spot. I mean, Doug, I think back to where we all were in the radio world. You know, almost 30 years ago when, when we all started in this together, uh, I don't think we, any of us could have anticipated the world we're in today. I, I even think about, you know, we had to schedule meets. Hey, I'll meet you at the media center 10 minutes after the race is over as opposed to text. Hey, I'm at the media center right now. Seeing a few. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's so different. And I know from, a, you know, from your st- standpoint, running the network, how it's changed and, and getting involved in, in, you know, in things like the internet and streaming and all that other world. Well, Brad, I'll address the first question you asked Jeff a moment ago. Uh, NASCAR should be forever grateful that Brian France, and I know he's a bit of a pariah, signed a long-term deal with the TV networks. It's what got them through the pandemic. If NASCAR had not had that 10 year deal that bridged the gap of that two and a half years, uh, we'd be in trouble, but he had the foresight. He had no idea it was coming, but that gave NASCAR a landing pad. So we should, we should be thankful for that, that he figured that out. As far as how the landscape's changed, I let's look at radio. You know, when I started in this, there was no Sirius XM satellite radio. There was no streaming. There was no internet to feed people. And as every one of these new technologies came along, I heard the same thing over and over again. That'll never work. People aren't going to listen to radio on on the internet. Well, a lot of people do now. They love their terrestrial radio, but they also love the streaming availability. And I think in my current life, uh, Penny and I, Brett, we love to watch Ted Lasso. It's on Apple TV. I don't know when Apple TV came to be, but it's not been around long. So don't dismiss these new services as something that's not going to have staying power because they are, and they're a part of the landscape, 
And as far as streaming is concerned, the public is a lot more adept at adopting to that now than we ever thought they would be. Well, and to Doug's point, Jeff, you know, you got Apple TV, you've got Amazon TV, you've got Hulu, and, and you know what? They've all got money to spend because they want to differentiate themselves from the competition. No, you're right. And, and to y'all's point, and when we keep thinking about, you know, the offers that are out there for us, I mean, I don't have direct TV anymore. I mean, I'm streaming. I mean, and that's the thing is, uh, we're talking about still doing it through, you know, your, your internet provider, but I mean, fiber's on the way folks. I mean, high speed fiber is going to set everybody, you know, apart. So it's, yeah, it's a, it's not even a yearly thing anymore. It's almost like a daily changing of the guard or improvement throughout, you know, what's going on in around the world. So, um, I, I think it's, it's wonderful because everything that we get is better. I mean, everything from pictures, the color, the sound, I mean, it's pretty phenomenal. And I think that, you know, it's going to continue to get better instead of worse. I mean, look at what Fox brought out so far with the little camera that they're put here beside the helmet. Yeah. It's a whole different way of looking at a race. I think people were just blown away when some of these crashes that the guys are in the throttle and they're wrecked before they can even get off the gas. You know, when you watch it from that, that perspective, I mean, it has, it has definitely changed uh, what we consider being on board. I know, Doug, you were involved with the direct TV thing a few years ago when, when they tried that, which was almost a pay-per-view type thing. Is the NASCAR audience ready to do pay-per-view races? Well, if you watch what people said during the Daytona 500 about the abundance of commercials, yeah, some of them are. I mean, if that was an option that I could watch the race and not have commercials, I think there's an audience, but that's a small audience in, in the rating world, Brett, you know, that's a P one fan. that's going to do that. The casual race fan that may or may not watch the race from Kansas or Vegas is not going to do that. But it's funny. You mentioned the NASCAR hot pass thing that was exclusive to direct TV. And that was where five or six broadcasters would follow an individual driver every week and people would tune in they just didn't have the technology to make that work if they did that today and it was matt's car hot pass it you can pick it up on the internet i think it would crazy because the availability to get it and not have to have a direct tv subscription would be all the difference all right when we come back las vegas looms ahead stay with us this is a true sad story for ADT, the leader in home security systems. My favorite dog, Oliver, was stolen from our garage recently. If I had a camera system installed in my home from ADT, I would have known exactly what car possibly pulled up in my driveway and stole my little friend. If I had a security system from ADT, my dog would still be here. I called ADT this weekend and they're coming out in a few days to install a camera and a new security system. Unfortunately, it's a little too late for me. Listen, protect everyone you love in your family. Call ADT now. Have them come out and give you a quote to install a full security system in your home. Don't let it be too late for you. Call right now. Paid for by the Home Security Hotline. 800-402-7119. 800-402-7119. That's 800-402-7119. Brett McMillan returns with his guests in just a moment. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network. 
It's Kathy Martindale and Paul Shad on Z-Max Racing Country Classic. Hey, we're back. Come on to Nashville. It's Kathy and Vince Gill. Who do you find it hardest to keep up with, musicianship-wise? I just feel like an adequate guitar player compared to some of the people that I just love and admire and really think are spectacular. The majority of the people that I learned to play the instrument from are still around. Z-Max Racing Country Classic. I've been driving trucks for a long time. Safety is my number one priority. I know that my truck has huge blind spots. That's why I remember to check my mirrors often for smaller vehicles. Everyone can help keep our roads safe. Next time you're behind the wheel, try to avoid lingering in those blind spots. It can be dangerous. Let's all plan to share the road safely. Learn how at www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. Get your short track racing fix with PRNs at the track. Visit GoPRN.com. Now, more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters. And hey, welcome back along with Jeff Hammond from Sirius XM NASCAR Radio and PRN. Brett McMillan, glad to have you with us. All right, we got Las Vegas coming up this week, Jeff. Uh, you know, I think that it's it's been very racy the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex Bowman won last year uh, beating his teammate Kyle Larson, but... Right before late caution, it looked like it was going to be a Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr. battle that got changed because of pit strategy when the final caution came out with just a couple laps to go. So, I mean, I, I think we could see a real racy show. The weather's going to be very mild for uh, Las Vegas, mm-hmm. you know, mid mid to upper 50s. So, I mean, what kind of show do you expect to see? I think it, it will be an exciting show just because of the fact of one thing and one thing only, tire wear. This is what's going on. The racetrack right now is cured out. You're going to see some tire wear. Air pressure is going to be one of the factors. These guys are going to mess around with it because they know what it what it means to get grip when you need it, especially in the Cup Series. And if they go monkeying around with that, that could probably get a bunch of them in trouble. Now, will that, will that happen? I don't know. But I think the guys are more comfortable with the race car. They know how to tune on it better than they did last year. And they're smarter than what they were this time last year. So I think you're going to see – a much more competitive race, a lot like what we saw this past weekend, even you know at uh, Auto Club Speedway. I think you know that we we have the potential at a place like Las Vegas to have the big one. Maybe because of the restart zone, you never know. You know that was an interesting, and I heard an interview with Joey Logano on his, his appearance on Sirius this week. Mm-hmm. He he said he pulls up afterwards, had no idea that people were blaming him for the big for the big wreck. And he says, Bob Pockers comes up to him and says, all the drivers are mad at you for causing the big wreck. Lagana goes, I did nothing wrong. He goes, I would tell you if I did something wrong. He goes, it's the extended restart zone. And his explanation is, he says, I maintained my speed. I didn't slow down. I maintained my speed. I just went later. Guys are used to, with this new restart, because it's longer on both ends. Guys are used to timing their start. Mm-hmm. And he said, by waiting until later in the zone... Guys were trying to time their start because of the new zone and messed up their timing, so they had to back off behind him. And that's what caused the problems. It wasn't Joey Logano that caused the problems. This new restart zone is going to take some getting used to. Yeah, and again, you know, it's it's pretty self-explanatory, but the cool thing about it is if you didn't think this wasn't an anticipation situation, how many races are they going to go before they say we're going to leave it or we're going to take it away? Was it five? 
I think they'll leave it. I think now, the drivers apparently wanted this. Well, that's what happens with a lot of rule changes. Drivers want something, and I understand what's happened here. It's everything has been so scienced out, folks. I mean, whether it's getting on pit road, you know, and and pushing the limit as far as the you know speeding on pit road to restarts. If you give these guys an opportunity to say, okay, I've been going right here when I'm about maybe you know in the sixth row. And I'm, you know, if I hit it right, then all of a sudden I can hit the line. And at the last second, I can jump to the low side, especially in a place like Auto Club Speedway where you got room to do this. And I can pick up three positions. Everybody knows how important it is the first three to four laps of a restart of may, you know, getting track position when you don't have it. So, yeah, it, but when you do all the sciencing out, all it takes is somebody to say, well, the best way to, to counter against that is go deeper in the zone. And make them get jammed up to where they can't get an advantage and get a run on me. I can rabbit after that, still be within the limits, and I can get to turn one and be ha- have comfort. Not have to be worried about somebody dive bombing me on the inside. Well, and they and Logano was saying the reason the drivers wanted it is they wanted more of an edge for the guy leading the race. And who doesn't? Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's always that way. The guy up front is looking every way he can to take more of advantage and negate somebody who's trying to, you know, take advantage of him being forced to wait to this point before he can go. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 that balancing act, folks. We're looking at a seesaw situation. This time, I'm going to go early and get them all off. And then two, two it starts later, I'm going to carry it deep, 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 and then I'm going to go right there before I have to, before they can jump on me. So it's, it's going to happen. In these next three more races, I guess, or four races they're going to run, before they make a decision, um, it'll be interesting to see if we have any more accidents. Put your crew chief's hat on. We talked about how it's going to be mild temperatures, upper 50s, low 60s in Vegas this weekend, as opposed to the last time we were in Vegas, which was back in October, and it was pretty warm. Do you take any do any notes apply from that time to this time? Here again, you're, you've got the best weather people in 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 the universe right now able to go back and look at where we were as far as air temperatures, air density, and and put all this stuff into, um, I guess you might say a blender and figure out, you know, what can we take out of this? Cause we're going back here and all of a sudden we're going to be in a, in a situation where this is what the air temperature is going to be. This is what the air density is going to be. And this is what the track temperature is anticipated to be running the same tire, running the air pressures that we're going to be running. Yes. They're going to have, that notebook, which they didn't have, you know, a year ago and had a little bit when they got back here in the fall, but the fall, like you said, was really hot, hot, extremely hot for that time of the year. So now they got two extremes to look at and to take apart. So if it hits in the middle, I think they'll be pretty much on top of it. Ever miss the old days where you just kind of showed up, stuck your finger in the air and went, Finger okay, in the air? That was a waste of coming. time. The break Reese is coming from this direction. That was a waste of time. I mean, it was like, yes, go get on top of the truck and tell me if the clouds are coming in. I mean, nobody had what they have today. Come on. I mean, this. That's US, how you ever missed those days? When no, it wasn't all signed stuff like that? Uh, I mean, I, I like the game that we're playing right now to a certain degree. I mean, this is this really is heavily into NASCAR went. I love Tony Stewart's analogy from way back when. We, he, we're so used to playing checkers. And now we're playing chess. I mean, when good chess players, how many how many moves out are they? 
That's the way racing is today. We're, we're playing chess and we're relying on other people to tell us what to anticipate. All right. White flag lots ahead. Stay with us. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Cleaning your fuel system can help your engine run better and improve gas mileage. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts and pick up a bottle of Chevron Tecron fuel system cleaner on sale now. Buy one, get one free. Plus, get two times O rewards points. Get more fuel saving tips from the professional parts people at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts or visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. When it comes to maintaining your engine to run at peak performance, trust ZMAX Micro Lubricant. ZMAX soaks into metal and it's so easy to add to your oil or gas to disperse carbon buildup in your engine, fuel system, and transmission. Protect your vehicle's engine to the max with ZMAX. Check us out at ZMAX.com or visit us on Facebook and Twitter to find out more about our full line of products. ZMAX for your car, big rigs, small engines, firearms, and more. That's ZMAX Micro Lubricant, available at your favorite auto parts store. There's more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters still to come. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network. Time to pull down on the handle and start rolling them here at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. The green flag flies at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. We're about to contest the Coca-Cola 600. We're racing at Texas Motor Speedway. Now Keselowski goes way up the racetrack. Here comes Harrison Burton. He rockets to the lead. Trouble. Car goes around. It's Chris Buescher. Joey Logano battles to the outside. They come back to the start finish line. Bubba Wallace looks inside. And now here's Byron. Takes a quick left to block him. They head back to one. Here goes Ross Chastain. He's going to the bottom of the racetrack. Bubba goes up. Delaney hits the outside wall. Off of turn two. Can Christopher Bell do anything with him? He gets down to the bottom of the racetrack. Frisco dives to the bottom of the racetrack. Side by side. They get loose. They spin. Now Tyler Reddick does the 360. So does Frisco. Heading into turn number seven as he wraps it around. The crowd is cheering for Daniel Suarez here on this final lap. Alban Digger gets into Alex Bowman. Ross Chastain back out to the front for the final time. This is PRN. Check out all of our show pages on GoPRN.com to find archived shows and more. Now, back to the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters with Brett McMillan. O'Reilly Auto Parts Power Torque Tools DIY Day sale is going on now. Save on hand tools, power tools, and more. Shop in-store or online at O'ReillyAuto.com. Time for our white flag laps and Jeff Hammond. The thing is, Brett, you know, here we only are into two races down. A long season to go, but in the third race, when you just take a quick glance, how things are shaping up already in the early points, it's good to see. We already talked about it, track house racing back up there, showing everyone last year was not a fluke. But I want to remind somebody, look again. Look who is back uh, this season, who was kind of lost a little bit most of the year. How about Brad Keselowski and RFK? He, along with his teammate, Chris Busher, are both inside that top 10. So it tells me that these guys have been doing their homework. You might want to watch out for both of these organizations because they got a point to prove, and I think it's going to be fun watching them. All right. Well, sometimes all people need is a change of scenery, and right now, Kyle Busch's move to RCR is suiting Kyle just fine. Thank you. And the rest of the garage should be concerned. A happy and motivated Kyle Busch is a dangerous Kyle Busch. He's running the Xfinity race and the truck race this weekend. Look out. He could be on a roll. Talk to you next week on the Riley Auto Parts Pit Reporters.
The O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters on the Performance Racing Network was presented by O'Reilly Auto Parts, your professional parts people. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network.